Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. In our previous episode of Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, Ben Phillips, pastor of First Baptist Church of Murphy, Texas, shared his story with us. He returns this week to talk about family discipleship, a topic I think you're going to find very intriguing and needful for many American families, that is Christian families, and how they can better pass the faith down from generation to generation. Let's pick up where we left off in our interview with Ben Phillips. Let's talk about family discipleship. This is an area that has become kind of your niche in teaching. You're a pastor of a church, so you you get up on Sunday and you preach. And you, But you had several years. You served the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. I'm not sure if that's the name of it there. but Yeah, Arkansas uh, Baptist State Convention, that's correct. Okay, and I know that you traveled the state. And this kind of became your niche, if you will, in teaching in churches, family discipleship. When I say family discipleship, I'm referring to what you said that you— you lacked growing up. I lacked growing up. I think it's kind of a generational thing that mm-hmm. maybe this generation of Christians is starting to recognize the importance of. And I'm going to go ahead and and go to what I say. My classic text for this from the Old Testament would be Deuteronomy chapter six, and where Moses is telling God's people, the Hebrews, "You've got to pass this on to your children." Mm-hmm. So my, this is yeah. I will hand it off to you. Of, I'm going to hand the baton to yeah, you now. So. Uh, Kind of my journey in family discipleship actually began as a collegiate minister. Okay. Uh, I was a, a Baptist collegiate minister at Southern Arkansas University, and I had taken a group of college students to uh, one day, 2003, in Sherman, Texas. And uh, the one of the key texts for the one-day event came out of Joel. Um, and so to start the one day event, I thought, um, I'm just going to uh, read through the book of Joel. It's a short book. And I got to verse three and I stopped. Verse three, Joel chapter one says, tell it to your children and let their children tell it to their children. I really felt like, boy, I was struggling in that area. So I had a, uh, did you have kids at the, did you have kids at the time? I did. I had two kids at the time. We were taken to church. We would pray over meals. We would discipline them. But uh, I, I really can't say we were intentional in discipling our children at home. And uh, I was a campus minister. I spent a significant portion of my week discipling college students. Now, I had experienced that. So I kind of knew what that sounded like, felt like in discipling college students. I hadn't experienced discipleship in the home, so I just kind of did what I saw modeled. Took my kids to church, prayed over meals, and um, maybe occasionally had a spiritual discussion. And so out there on that field, uh, Joe 1, 3 landed on me, and I had a study Bible with cross-references, and I, I still have it somewhere in my library. I began to go on a journey through the scriptures. What does God's word have to say about passing the faith of law to future generations? Mm. Deuteronomy 6 was one of those passages that I came across. And 
I'm I'm sure I read it before, but I'm thinking, why didn't why didn't I get this growing up? Why why wasn't uh, why didn't I get this in seminary? This whole family discipleship deal, and so I just really uh, God really began to turn my heart to discipleship in my home first. And so Karen and I had a lot of conversations. In fact, one of my mantras, uh, memorize Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and then ask God the question, God, how do you want this? How do you want us to put this in practice in our home? Mm. And and so that was, uh, we really began to try, Karen and I at the time, we have two, two kids. They were five and uh, two. We began to really experiment with what does family discipleship look like? And so uh, I began to uh, read books, memorize scripture, uh, talk to other families. What, what do you do? And, and we went through a lot of different uh, uh, devotional books. Uh, we actually spent some time several years doing some uh, catechism stuff with our children and and there were things that uh, I, I know we had covered in seminary but there was some significant theological truths that I, I relearned or learned in a really concise kind of way through taking that experience uh, discipling our children I, I finally nailed down the Ten Commandments in order after growing up in a Christian home being a believer for several years going to a Southern Baptist seminary uh, it wasn't until I was discipling my kids that I, uh, I know I could have nailed the Ten Commandments, but as far as getting them down in order, and there's not a day that doesn't go by that we're not confronted with uh, obeying or disobeying one of those particular commands. And so mm-hmm. uh, there were areas that we seated at, areas we struggled, and really the the, the thing that I've shared with uh, parents arising out of uh, Deuteronomy 6, one of the things that we did in our family, and I've encouraged many other families to do, is to utilize the uh, acrostic teach. Uh, when you look at that Deuteronomy 6 passage, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, the Shema, uh, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And uh, in looking through, meditating, memorizing that passage, uh, uh, T is for... Uh, travel time. Moses says, talk about them when you walk along the road. Well, most of us don't walk along the road today. We drive. And I don't know about you with your kids growing up, but uh, our kids, I mean, we were in a vehicle multiple times mm-hmm. every day. Sure. And so I began to wrestle with, okay, how do we, how do we redeem this time? And so we would begin to pray. We would have different faith discussions. We memorize scripture, uh, listen to Christian music. There were a variety of different things that we would do. The other element is uh, eating time. So T is for travel time. E is for eating time. 
Moses says, talk about them when you sit at home. Mm-hmm. And of course, we ate at least three times a day. So we began to think about, okay, how can we redeem the times that we eat together? We began to read some devotions. One of the things that we would do that was simple was a thing called high-low. Romans twelve fifteen says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And so we'd ask the question, hey, what was the high point of your day? What was the low point of your day? The thing I liked about that as a dad, you know how much prep time that took me? <laughs> Zero. Sure. Uh, I didn't, I, I just had to ask a question and could facilitate some pretty transparent sharing at uh, times. And so we had travel time, eating time. Moses says, talk about them when you get up. And so the A in teach is arise time. You know, there's um, Mm. every family gets up. I'm a morning person. My wife is not. And so that's something we still wrestle with to this day. But one of the things I think you have to wrestle with some of the text. Okay, how are you going to think about engaging in some faith interactions with your children in the morning? That's good. And that was really kind of a sweet spot for us. Uh, for a season of uh, really thinking about how to train my children to read and study the Bible. So when they were really young, uh, in fact, one of my favorite memories of Hayden, my youngest, he's 18 now. When he was about two, he was the first one up and he would come toddling into the living room. He would say, Daddy, milk with chocolate, please. Some lots. <laughs> And so I'd get up and go get him a sippy cup and pour some milk in and then some chocolate milk or chocolate syrup a lot, shake it up. (laughs) And then we'd walk over to the recliner and he would say, Daddy, read the Bible to me, some little. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. So he would sit up in my lap. And now I can't say I trained him in this, but he would hold his sippy cup, wouldn't drink it. And I would read a short text, maybe say something really short, and pray. As soon as I said amen, man, he just took that sippy cup and he downed it. He'd go to town and on that, huh? then 10 minutes later, he was back asleep. Oh, that's sweet. What a sweet uh, memory. All right. Excuse so, me? What a sweet memory, I say. That's just great. So T is talk about it. Right. Travel, time. travel time. Travel. Okay. T's travel time. I'm learning this right now. E yep. is when you eat. A is when you arise. And I, I guess we got C and H to C. go as well, right? Okay. So the C is for closing time. Moses says, talk about them when you lie down. And so, especially if you got younger kids, what, this is this is like prime time to engage in some faith interactions with kids. So this is when I'm going to bed, kind of closing out your day. Yes. So we used to have kind of an evening uh, rhythm that it was brush, bathroom, Bible, bed was was kind of a routine. Being the pastor type, you got to alliterate it. And (laughs) so uh, that was just kind of our routine. And the the kids would, uh, they loved it. And in fact, they would say, read me another story or pray with me some more. And, you know, how, how do you say no to that when mm-hmm. 
your your kids are pleading for more. Now, I don't know if they were genuinely wanting that more or if they're just wanting to stay up later. But nonetheless, <laughs> it, was, it was still a great opportunity to engage with them in the evenings. And then the H is for holiday time. Uh, ah. If you look later on in that Deuteronomy 6 passage, there's a reference to the Exodus and the Passover in Deuteronomy 6, 20 through 25. Passover is still a holiday that Jews still celebrate. Uh, and in fact, when you look throughout Scripture, there are a lot of holidays that are celebrated uh, all around, or, or just different ways that God worked in specific periods of time, and they would have a holiday to celebrate that and remember that and retell uh, that particular story of their interaction with God. And so uh, one of the things that we experimented with in our family is developing this rhythm of travel time and eating time, rise time, closing time, holiday time. And we began to write out specific goals. This is what we're going to do when we travel. It's what we're going to do when we eat. It's what we're going to do when we get up. And now I'll, I'll be honest and transparent and real here. Uh, even though we had a written plan, we didn't execute it perfectly. I mean, there were times literally, uh, maybe especially in the evenings, I'd had a long day, and it was just kind of chaotic at night, and, and uh, I would just tell the kids, just get out of here, just just go to bed. And and honestly, <laughs> I think that was probably better than trying to force something. Right. You know, there were times where we weren't consistent. I mean, like, uh, we, we struggled during the summer months because we didn't have a regular rhythm. Uh, oftentimes, we struggled during some of the holidays because you're just kind of on a different family rhythm. And there were times early on, I used to kind of get frustrated, beat myself up about that. But I just had to learn, hey, you know, there, this rhythm is continually adjusting. And really from year to year, as your children age, you've got to kind of rethink and retool uh, with who they are and where they're at and where our family is. And all the other things going on in our life, we would have to rethink some of our rhythm aspects. And it has changed over time, and it has changed over uh, the years for us. But when, when I think about family discipleship, it's not just praying over a meal. It's not just doing a family devotion or family worship at night. All those things are all good. And I would encourage all families to consider that. I think when you look at Deuteronomy 6 and just the, the whole impetus in discipling the next generation, parents in particular, that the emphasis in Scripture is that I, I need to nurture my own passionate walk with Christ daily. And then out of the overflow of that, I'm looking to engage my children uh, multiple times a day, every day, some scheduled times, some serendipitous times where we're, we're talking about God at work or how Scripture applies to this or praying about an issue. And so the long-term trajectory in that uh, really has the opportunity to uh, influence the next generation. And Oh, gosh, I remember one of the things that we did with our children was 
we shared uh, with them multiple gospel presentations over the course of several years. I wanted them to hear the gospel again and again and again. And each of them ultimately came to faith in Christ. Mm. And each of them, as we modeled what it was like to spend time in the scriptures, uh, one of my joys as a parent now with my kids being 25, 22, and 18, uh, all three of them uh, spend some time in the scriptures in the morning. And one of the things that we've gotten to the point that we did as a family, even though we did some devotional books early on, ultimately I wanted to get them to the point where they were uh, comfortable and adept at reading and applying scripture on their own. And we got there. It wasn't easy, but it was just uh, an intentional process. And, and I wanted my kids to see that uh, our faith wasn't just something that we talked about on Sunday, but it's something that we talk about every day of the week, every moment of every day, looking for opportunities to, to reflect on uh, what do we learn from this. One of my passages that uh, my kids hear me frequently quote, and I think they can quote it too, is Proverbs twenty four thirty two. I applied my heart to what I observed, learned a lesson from what I saw. And That's so there's good. just so many things that uh, lead to faith interactions with uh, your children, and it sets them on a long-term trajectory. And I'm sure my kids could probably talk to you and uh, talk about things we did well, uh, things we didn't do well, but I feel like overall we've made a significant impact in their spiritual journey with the Spirit's help, with the help of the Word. Um, it's it's just kind of an exciting season to see uh, where our family is. And so one of my passions now uh, is to equip other families. Uh, we've done that in our church. We've taken probably uh, about three-fourths of our church family, uh, parents, grandparents, through kind of a seven-week discipleship process where we talk about uh, what does it look like, what are some strategies in discipling the next generation as you travel, as you eat, as you rise, as you go to sleep, as you celebrate holidays. And then uh, God's opened up some neat opportunities as well to do some weekend kind of trainings in different uh, churches. And one of the things that I really do believe most Christian parents uh, desire, they desire uh, to disciple their kids. Uh, they really want to. Um, and I think they believe the Bible commands them to. They may not necessarily be able to point to specific verses, uh, but they have a sense that, yes, this is uh, my primary responsibility. But one of the things I've seen in parents, uh, myself included, uh, I never saw that modeled. And so there's a struggle on how to make this work. And I think the other issue that most parents have is uh, they don't have any kind of written plan to guide them. Now, they'll have a financial plan. They'll have a plan thinking about how they're going to get their kids through college. But we struggle in that uh, spiritual discipleship arena. What's our discipleship plan? 
for our children from year to year to year till we launch them. And one of the ways that I got there was my time. When we started this journey, I was working as a collegiate minister. And I saw so many students who came from Christian homes, grew up in good, solid churches. But when they got to college, they didn't know what they believed. They didn't have any kind of discipline, quiet time. Uh, they didn't know how to study and apply their Bible. And I'm like, what is going on here? And so through learning from them, I think the big factor was uh, they just didn't get it in the home. And so I began to kind of work backwards as a parent because my kids were five and two and zero at the time. What can I do to work with my children, to disciple my children? So that way, when they do reach uh, 18, they we launch them from home that they know what they believe. They know how to share their faith. They know how to study and apply the Bible. And some of these different spiritual disciplines so that when they do leave, they own their faith and they walk with God and they share their faith with others. And so that was kind of the uh, journey that we went through as a family. Uh, One of the other elements to this was as we started this journey personally, God began to open up doors to equip other parents and families. And that's when I moved from collegiate ministry to family ministry in with the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. I went to Midwestern Seminary and got a doctor of ministry degree focused on family discipleship there. In fact, my doctor of ministry project was on family discipleship at Dire Springs First Baptist Church in Little Rock. And we took approximately 20 families through, it was kind of a 12-week discipleship process to equip them uh, to disciple their children as they travel, eat, arise, close, holiday time. The end game was for them to turn in a written plan. For whatever reason, half the families that went through the process did not turn in a written plan. Hmm. The other half of the families did turn in a written plan, and we kept track of these families' faith interactions from week to week. The interesting observation was that families who had a written discipleship plan had twice as many faith interactions with their children as those who did not. Yeah. And my takeaway from that was, and I I would say even those who did have a written plan, uh, they didn't execute it perfectly either, but they, they had some goals, they had some ideas, and it enabled them to be that much more intentional in discipling discipling their children. So that's one of my passions, even as a pastor and in helping other parents and families, is to discover what God's Word says. Uh, How do you put this into practice? And how do you develop an intentional plan for discipling the next generation? That's excellent. And to your last point there regarding the importance of coming up with a plan, it reminds me of just all the sociological research I've been exposed to through the years in regard to goals. And if you write mm-hmm. them down, that the level of accomplishment increases exponentially if a person just takes the time to write down their goals. So, Yeah, it's amazing. And you're probably never going to hit all of them perfectly, but you're going to hit a lot of them. 
you know, I don't believe in magic. I believe in God. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if there was anything that's almost magical, it's all the data that has come in in regard to it's almost like something magical happens in the brain. It's like a, a switch goes off when a person writes it down. All of a sudden, the likelihood that they're going to follow through and do it, it just shoots through the roof. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I can see where that's true. So uh, we need to work on that. Probably a lot of us as, as parents with kids still at home or, or starting off on our journey as parents, start writing down some plans of how we're going to disciple our children. And I love this teach acronym or acrostic or whatever they call those things. Uh, <laughs> travel time, eating time, arise time, closing time, holiday time. Those are all great uh, opportunities as laid out for us in Deuteronomy chapter six for us to talk about well, the Lord. And, and the thing about it, God's original design and his commands, even back then, families today still do those things. And the unique thing about teaching going through that process, those are already a part of every family's rhythm. Yeah. And so you don't have to add anything new to your schedule. You just have to just kind of rethink a little bit. Just step how into can it. I, how can I tweak this a little bit to redeem some of that time? Mm, that's good. Well, Ben, thank you for your time. It's been great, my friend. I really appreciate your story, your testimony, and also you taking the time to share uh, really one of your passions in ministry is helping people see how they can disciple their own children in a way that is biblical and effective. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on Sound of Truth. Hey, thank you, Brad. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.